<laughs> I'm leaving this in. Just just know that like Lydia and I just got into a little fight. But it's okay. <laughs> We're still friends, right? I think so. Okay. All right, okay. cool. Good. So Fresh off the heels of their flaming Hot flavor, uh, Mountain Dew has announced an upcoming pickle-flavored soda. What flavor will the soda brand come up with next? Uh, since I kind of surprised you all, even though I gave you the question a couple days ago, you all <laughs> forgot. Um, I will go first. Um, Mountain Dew has just been flat-out disgusting, so they're probably going to come out with a pig's blood flavored next. Ooh. Ugh. Tabitha, you didn't sound as grossed out as the other two, so I'm worried that you might like this. So why don't you go next? Uh, not that I would like pig's blood, but Mountain Dew grosses me out, and it's just one of those things I associate with certain kinds of people. So I just assume that the next flavor Mountain Dew will come out with is going to be Cheetos and Basement Smell. <laughs> <laughs> Lydia. Well, you know, I mean, it is like summertime now, so I'm going to go with, they're going to go with, hey, you're going to be sitting around a fire drinking a Mountain Dew. You might as well make it taste like a s'more. I mean, Coke tried to do that with their Starlight. Maybe I'm the only person who said that it tastes like s'mores. <laughs> but whatever. Matt. It didn't work for Limp Biscuit. It's not going to work for Mountain Dew, but hot dog flavored? Ew. <laughs> 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 Pig's blood didn't get me. Hot dogs did. <laughs> Tabitha, if you need a place to stay, I got you. Yeah, I might. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, Lydia, and Ticket. All right, so we have so much to talk about. Uh, we're going to go right into the pull list. But before we start, start talking about uh, comic books, well, we're still talking about comic books. But anyway, um, a little <laughs> bit of news that Vault uh, announced over the week. So Vault Comics has announced the Unbanned Pride Month uh, initiative, giving away free digital comics featuring queer characters and or creators. Uh, each week, head to their digital store and use the code UNBANNED on the digital version of the special book to receive them for free. Uh, the remaining titles for this month include Submerged, which you can get now through uh, June 12th. She Said Destroy, uh, the week of June 13th. Uh, Test, the week of June 20th. And then the week of June 27th, there's actually two. You can get Queen of Bad Dreams and Hollow Heart. Ooh. So, yeah. So this is awesome. Um any excuse to give away comic books is a-okay in my book but also you know this is shining a light on you know people that don't always get the light shined on yeah so mm -hmm. it's awesome so first book we're going to talk about is called puppy love it is out june 14th from tokyo pop by uh tushita haru so overworked unake uh, befriends hoshi who works at a pet shop Inake is ready for a job that will allow him to have his own dog. Uh, Hoshi helps because, as it turns out, he is a dog that Inuke saved as a child. Aww. So, yeah. 
Um, Matt, your your thought that was when I first read this, I was like, "Oh, is this this is going to be weird? I don't know if I'm ready for weird." Uh, but this turned out this turned out to be a really cute story. Um, but yeah, I was worried about how they were going to make Hoshi both a human and a puppy. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it it works. I okay. I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, but yeah, but the way they the way that they went around that was very cute. But yeah, um, this is just you know it's. With a book like Puppy Love, it's not you, we're not talking about hard, heavy stuff here. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a good light read, especially you know, especially for Pride Month. So yeah, awesome. Uh, the next book we're going to talk about, if my tablet will open, um, <laughs> is <laughs> Quests Aside Number Two. It's out now from Vault, written by Brian Shermer with art by Elena Gogu. Uh, so Barrow has been told by the king that his bar is being shut down. Uh, instead of informing the rest of the crew, he goes into denial mode and tries to remember why he stopped his adventuring ways. Uh, Matt, you had a chance to read both issues one and two, so why don't you talk about this first? Um, I really enjoy this. This is... It, it, there's so many things going on in this book, um, even in the first two issues, but nothing feels like overwhelming. Um, you've got some comedy, you've got some action, you've got some adventure, you've got, um, you, you got the overarching story of what is Barrow going to do because the king wants to, what's the word, like imminent domain his in and turn it into a barracks. Um, but Barrow and the king used to be best friends and used to be adventurers together and he doesn't know what to do, but there's like, there's that going on. You've got the skeleton. He's an undead cook. Um, and his girlfriend that they live together and they work at the at the inn together and they're having some relation struggles because she's not sure that she loves him for him. Um, there's it's there are so many different plots and subplots and side quests going on in this um, that it's just fantastic. The art in this is great. It's not too detailed. It's not too stark. The colors are good. Overall, there's just so much to love about this book. Um, I know we're only in issue two, but I'm already looking forward to essentially just, yes, seeing what other quests these characters go on and how everything interweaves as it, as it continues on. Yeah, so you all know how like I usually am like, oh, fantasy's not my bag. But um, I am totally digging this story uh, because it being in a fantasy setting is just such a small part of what makes this book great. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. The The art's fantastic. It's not, it's not all over the place. Um, it's not super detailed. But at the same time, it's like you have a really good grasp of everything. Um, I don't remember if you said it actually hear or uh we, we lost a little bit of audio earlier my bad guys or if we if you said it during the other time but um the adventurers anonymous yes like yeah there's this scene where you know barrow <laughs> leads these group of adventurers in this like kind of a8 style meeting <laughs> and it's so funny like it's just it's fantastic <laughs> they're all recounting their tales and they're they're so proud of everything they've done and everything is just mediocre but 
Um, but yeah, just, this just it's it's so fun. I can't say enough good things about this book. So our last book that we're going to talk about, also out now uh, from Valiant, is Archer and Armstrong Forever Number Two, written by Steve Fox with art by Marcio uh, Fiorito. So Armstrong is now mortal, which is new. Uh, Archer decides to fix that by taking the duo on a global journey to uncover the secrets of immortality. Uh, too bad the Deadly Maw is on their heels. Uh, I have been a fan of Archer and Armstrong for years now. And I think I've said this before to you guys. But yeah, when they announced that this book was coming back, I was super excited. Um, this book has been so much fun. You know, it's like any reservations that I had about this book, like not living up to previous series, totally out the window. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm in love with this. The creative team is doing a fantastic job with, um, you know, with these characters. And, and I'm here for it. Um, I'm worried that I know where this book is ending and I'm real scared that I, I, I hope that I'm wrong. And I usually am about these things, so I'm not that worried yet, but we'll see. <laughs> so, all right. We have a giant size trailer takedown because all the studios this week decided to put out trailers like they do. So the first two, arguably the biggest two trailers of the week uh is black adam versus the sandman um i will go first this uh this round uh black adam this trailer was was good i i liked the trailer but this movie has been coming for the better part of a decade if not actually a decade like we've been waiting for this as long as we've been waiting for avatar 2 um, <laughs> so it's like if they announced this movie and then a year or two later, Max, they came out with this trailer, I'd be like, yes, let's effing go. But I'm just kind of like, okay, that's cool. Um, the Sandman was flipping awesome. I really liked it. Uh, this it was definitely a teaser trailer. It was actually, they even just was like, oh, this is a date announcement. I'm like, okay, Netflix, you're starting to do too much, but okay. <laughs> um. But yeah, but like it didn't give us a whole bunch, but also, um, I'm sorry, Clara Oswald, I didn't know you were going to be in this. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for this. Um, I expected to give Black Adam more points, but again, kind of like for waiting too long, I'm giving seven points to the Sandman and three to Black Adam. Um, Matt. Um, yeah, I kind of feel you on the, the constant delays and, you know, length of time for waiting for Black Adam. Um, this one's going to be interesting because it's very apparent in the trailer that Black Adam is an anti-hero. Um, but he, if you've seen enough of the DC movies, you know that his power, like his powers are kind of equivalent to Shazam's. Um, which, you know, long term, they'll probably end up going head to head. But um <sighs> I think one of my most exciting moments of this trailer is that first full look at Hawkman with the wings out, mm -hmm. um, like the gold suit, the helmet, the wings. It just looks awesome. Um, this kind of looks like almost like an Aquaman trailer, but above above ground. Um, and Aquaman was one of those movies that I didn't expect to enjoy. And it was pretty solid. It was pretty decent. Um so I'm not expecting this to just blow anybody out of the water and be 
an absolute huge blockbuster, but I think it's going to be a good, a good movie for DC. Um, Sandman, even if you haven't read these comics, um, this trailer gives you some of those iconic images that I think you recognize from knowing about the series. Um, this world looks absolutely insane and incredible. Um, I'm I'm ready for Sandman. I'm I'm ready to learn more about it and to dive into that world. Um, I'm gonna go six for Sandman and four for Black Adam. Tabitha, um, my notes for Black Adam say, well, Sarah Shahi is in it, <laughs> <laughs> and my notes for Sandman say all my jams. So Sandman just checks a lot of boxes for me. Um, like world building aside, like this just looks like it's going to be incredibly well done. While Black Adam literally just looks like a rock movie, except instead of having big muscles and he has superpowers. So I'm just. <laughs> to be fair, he has big muscles and superpowers. True, yeah. But like, instead of having just big muscles, he also, in addition, has superpowers. But he's still just being himself. Himself, but like maybe a little grumpier. Like, uh. So I'm gonna give the Sarah Shahi movie uh, four points, and I'm going to give six points to Sandman. Lydia, yes, yeah, so I, I don't have the uh, drawback of waiting for movie for too long because I honestly don't remember anything about this movie or this character aside from us initially being like, "Oh, hey, this is gonna happen, and The Rock's gonna be in it." So. I don't really care about that. Um, I do agree with Tabitha. It just looks like another rock movie. and He's just a lot more surly than he normally is. Um, all in all, I agree with Matt. Like the Hawkman thing is awesome. But I really just want them to, you know, give me a Hawkman Hawk Girl movie instead of giving me Black Adam. So <laughs> there's that. Um, Sandman is a comic that I want to read more of because uh, I started reading it because you guys a couple years ago. Um, and I am super excited. This trailer looks awesome. I, I, I want to see more and yeah, so I'm going to give, uh, seven to Sandman and three to Black Adam. Would have got more, but didn't have enough Hawkman in it. <laughs> <laughs> so with a score of 14 to 26, the Sandman moves on. It's going to meet the winner of The Monsters versus Wednesday. And Tabitha, <laughs> I did that partially. Because you hate me? Yes. <laughs> so I want you to go first. I hate you. Um, oh, man. So I'm still real excited for The Monsters, even though this was just a little teaser that was essentially like a redo of the opening credits to the original TV show. And Wednesday Adams is truly my spirit animal. So it's like putting two of my favorite things up against each other, which was real rude. Um, <laughs> but I'm not going to give you the satisfaction, so I'm going to go five and five. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, Matt? Um, yeah, the the Munsters is essentially just the like a redo of the intro from the old school show. Um but Wednesday, apart from like introducing the character and having thing pop up on her shoulder, I mean, there's there's nothing else to this trailer other than like, hey, this is happening, which we kind of already knew. Um, 
I am excited that Tim Burton is behind this. I think that's going to be it, like the ace up its sleeve, essentially, for this show. Um, but knowing how much background and how much love Rob Zombie has for the monsters and how much he has poured into this, I and the the recreation of the intro, I got to go eight points for the monsters and two for Wednesday. So I was real worried when they first announced Rob Zombie doing the monsters. Like <laughs> it just, I don't know. It just, I, I, I understand that the monsters are weird, but they're like 1960s weird. And I was really scared that Rob Zombie, Rob Zombie was going to make it 2020s weird, <laughs> you know? um, which are two very different things. Um, but yeah, this, this trailer quote unquote, just a quick, you know, redo of the uh of the opening theme which also i didn't know that ted cruz was going to be in the monsters Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so i mean it should lose points for that but i mean it was still pretty good um and then wednesday kind of same thing um as because like the trailer for the monsters didn't really give us anything the trailer for wednesday also didn't give us a whole bunch i am intrigued i don't remember thing having like stitches all over the place no so it's like What's up with that? What happened to Thing? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, like like you, Tabitha, I couldn't decide which one I was more excited for. So I'm going five and five. Lydia. So, yeah, Munsters being like a remake of the opening was just basically pure nostalgia because I remember watching like Munsters and Gilligan's Island and all those like older TV shows on Nick at Night with my dad. <laughs> and... Yeah, I just got all giddy watching that, and I cannot wait for this movie now. Wednesday, it didn't give you a whole lot. Like, it was basically, here's the actress in the makeup and the costume, and here's Thing, and okay, that's it. That's all you get. Which, I get it. It's a teaser. There's not going to be a whole lot there, but tease me a little more, I guess? (laughs) That sounds weird. Tease me, Wednesday. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, I'm sorry, Tabitha. Uh, also, it's Thursday. <laughs> Everyone gets a shit. What did I do? Also, then tease me a little more. <laughs> on one. air. Yeah, that, also, yeah. we are recording this on you know six nine, so nice. <laughs> we were doing so well. Uh, anyway. Um, Monsters gets nine of my points and Wednesday gets one because yeah, that's bad all game. Alright, so with a score of 13 to 27, the Monsters move on. Our next matchup is going to be uh, Beavis and Butthead do the universe versus Strange World. Uh, Matt, let's have you start this round. Uh, okay, so Strange World is a new Disney movie um, that is there's not much story as far as the trailer goes other than you get this family ends up on a strange world hence the name i guess um with (laughs) um with all sorts of odd bizarre amazing weird creatures um to a point, it kind of looks like a classic Disney movie where there's going to be family tension and it's all going to end up heartfelt at the end in a strange environment and everything's going to turn out wonderfully. 
like the world itself is the most interesting part to me for this trailer. The character, like the creatures, the colors, the animals, all that kind of stuff. There's there's more for me there than there is on whatever family drama ends up happening in this trailer or in the movie. Beavis and Butthead is I don't know. I chuckled a few times. It's just the whole thing just reminds me of the show reminds me of the movie, which is what it's supposed to do. Um, I mean, they go back in time or they go. No, they go forward in time. So they haven't aged. It's an Austin power scenario where they're displaced in a new world and have to adjust to things. Um, uh, this, I, I don't really know where to go with this one, so I'm just going to go five and five. Lydia. So, Strange World to me doesn't look like a Disney movie. It looks like a DreamWorks movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's just because the way the the world and the creatures are designed makes me think of like Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs mm-hmm. or what, but this did not scream Disney to me. And... I get that, you know, it's Strange World, so that's the main focus of the thing, but I feel like they almost took too much time trying to show off the Strange World in the trailer than they did building any kind of, like, here's kind of what the story's gonna be. Here's why you should be interested in it. So, for the first time, I think I I had no desire to see a Disney movie, and that kind of makes me sad. (laughs) Um, On the flip side... There's Beavis and Butthead, which just makes me cringe constantly because <laughs> it's it's just, it's cringy. That, that's it. I, I'm not going to watch this movie. I didn't want to watch the whole trailer. <laughs> I don't want to give points to either one of these, honestly. <laughs> I'm going five and five just because I can't decide either. Like. So, I expected to give Beavis and Butthead more points than I did. Um, for pure nostalgia. I mean, that was one of those shows that I watched as a kid that, like, really shouldn't have watched as a kid. But, you know, <laughs> with, with having an older brother, you know, like, it happened. Um, but, yeah. And, like, there were a few moments when I chuckled. And, you know... I thought it was really weird at the end of the trailer how, like, they announced, like, you know, Beavis and Butthead to America coming June 23rd, whatever. Like, I don't know why, but just, like, the voice took me out of the trailer completely, which is kind of weird, but whatever. Tabitha's giving me all the judgy eyes, and it's okay. I just, I can't see very well out of my glasses, so I might just be squinting at you. Fair. <laughs> um, but Strange World, like... I don't know about the first like 15 seconds. I was like, I don't know about this one. And then like they get to the strange world and like you're, you're right, Lydia. It, they, they are focusing on the world as opposed to like the story. But you know what? I, I think for this, especially because I believe this is the first trailer for it. So I think with something like this, you, you need that, you know, um, depending on if it's a theatrical release, which I'm not for sure if it's a theatrical, if it's going straight to Disney plus, but if it is theatrical, we're going to get more trailers. We're going to find out more about it. Uh, but yeah, this world looks really awesome. And yeah, as the title suggests, strange, 
Uh, so I'm giving it six points to four for Beavis and Butthead. Tabitha. So Strange World, I agree with you. It did not look like a Disney movie. And I would have bet money it was a DreamWorks, DreamWorks production, like mm-hmm. when just watching the trailer. Um, I had similar problems that Lydia had. Like, I have no idea what this movie is about. I know that it's set in a strange world and all those creatures uh, mess with my logic brain because <laughs> <Yep>. my, my <laughs> mind was trying to rationalize them into what they were like supposed to be. So like you see a magical creature in a film and you're like, oh, in my world, that Kraken with 64 eyeballs is a giant octopus. I could not make these creatures logic in my head and it made me incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> like we got done watching this trailer and I'm like, I don't ever want to watch that again. Like I'm uncomfortable. On the other hand, Beavis and Butthead is not my kind of humor. <laughs> yeah. Everyone is surprised. Um, I just sat there and rolled my eyes through the entire thing. I don't find them funny. I have never found them funny when all of the children in my sixth grade class were going, oh, cornhole or whatever. I was, I literally got in trouble for punching somebody. Like, <laughs> can't stand it. Hate it so much. Um, so I'm either uncomfortable or angry. So there's just really no, <laughs> there's no like happy medium. And I agree with Lydia. Like, I don't want to give either of these any points. Um, I'm not going to go five and five, though, because Beavis and Butthead deserves nothing um, ever. <laughs> so I'm going to give all of my points to Strange World simply so it can beat out Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> I like your logic. <laughs> so with a score of 26 to 14, Strange World moves on and will meet the winner of Prey versus Troll. Tabitha. Um... Okay, my explanation is going to be Prey. Did we need another one of these? Also, this feels racist. Um, (laughs) Troll, hokey, but maybe fun? No, just kidding. Definitely hokey. So those are my explanations of these two films. Okay. Um, Prey is the 47th Predator movie. I don't know. Set in an indeterminable time because there were Scotsmen fighting and suddenly there were Native Americans and then there were people with muskets mysteries in time and i don't understand what time period we're supposed to be in i don't know what's going on again feels racist tell me that trailer did not feel racist the mm. whole thing the whole thing <laughs> felt incredibly uncomfortable troll y'all didn't notice that big ass troll behind you like that does <laughs> not look like a hill that looks like a troll Laying down. I thought trolls were supposed to be small, though. Not this troll. Clearly. There are different types of trolls. It's a mountain troll. Yeah. Yeah. This could be fun, but it looks like it's going to be poorly acted. So I'm going to give uh, two points to the racist movie and (laughs) eight points to the dumb troll movie. Was that explanation good enough for you? Yeah, I like it. All right. That's good. Then you go now. Okay. Okay. Potential racism aside, I guess, (laughs) I am more prone to watch whatever that is timeline-wise or whatever than I probably will to watch the Strange Troll movies, so um, I'm going to give seven to hit and three for the big trolls that are apparently very good at hiding, even though they shouldn't be. (laughs) So... This is going to make me sound real American. Like, oh all God. over the place. Oh, no. 
It's like my least favorite thing. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, not not American. It's gonna make me sound American. There's oh, a difference. Not <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So like, I didn't necessarily get the racist overtones with prey. But maybe, I don't know, maybe like, maybe it's because I wasn't necessarily looking for it. I don't, I don't I know. Well, I, I and, and, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that you were. Um, you have like your little racist mi- microscope. Um, that, that is, yeah. <laughs> sure is. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like, I don't know. And yeah, I, I'm very intrigued by the whole time thing and whatever and like the almost lasers towards the end i was very confused um so that's part one part two with troll i i really it really bugs me listening to foreign language movies sometimes and this was one of them like i it's like i can't both figure out what you're talking about and read i can't see you act and read at the same time especially when you're speaking in a different language i don't know um and also like it was 30 seconds long i have no idea what was going on they're finding trolls clearly (laughs) but like for but for 20 of those seconds i was like but trolls are supposed to be small (laughs) (laughs) they don't have colorful hair well yeah what are you looking at me for (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do you have a belly button Jim no <laughs> so um, but yeah I am giving I'm giving Prey 8 points and Trolls 2 because I really did not like the Trolls trailer and Troll Trolls is a different movie <laughs> Also, a cute little cartoon with spiky hair and belly buttons. And singing. Dancing to Justin Timberlake. Um, Matt, why don't you talk so I feel less bad? (laughs) Um, My biggest question for the entire Predator 600 movie um, was how... that, That just screams to me bringing a knife to a gunfight. Like how bow and arrow and I. Right. But how how is she gonna win with a bow and arrow and an axe and predator is invisible and lasers and guns? Like I just I also have that that uh, that I'm already finding plot holes in the trailer. That's not a good sign. Um Troll It may not be well acted, but this is probably gonna be one of those weird movies that I am here for. Um, so I'm going to go seven points for troll and three for prey. We have a tie. We have a tie. Oh, oh no. How did we end up with a tie for that? <laughs> uh, so um, I really feel like we should just put all of the trailers that won in the top points just in a bucket and draw one. And I feel like that's how we should pick the winner. <laughs> Well, you know, we're not doing that. <laughs> so, uh, so first up is the Sandman versus the Monsters. Um, yeah, 
I'm going to give eight points to Sandman to the Munsters. Uh, only reason Munsters scores low for me is just because the Sandman actually explained a little bit more. Uh, Tabitha. I'm going to give six to Sandman and four to Munsters. <clears throat> Lydia. I'm going five and five because I want to see them both like really badly. Matt. Um, I'm going to go six for Sandman and four for Munsters just because as far as plot and details, despite not a whole lot of dialogue in the Sandman trailer, you get a better sense of what's happening in the world. The Munsters was literally just a teaser like, hey, we're here. We're weird. We're in color. (laughs) So us. Right. (laughs) Okay, so with a score of 25 to 15, the Sandman moves on to the finals. Next round is Strange World versus Prey versus Troll. Okay, Tabitha. All right, we got Prey, Troll, and Strange World, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Ooh, you didn't like any of these. I did not. <laughs> That's my current problem. Um, I'm going to give Prey 2, uh, Troll 4, and Strange World 4. Okay. Um, Matt. Um, I'm going to go 5 for Strange World. Three, yes, three for troll and two for prey. Lydia, just because it's going to be the one that I'm most likely going to watch over all three of them. Strange World gets six, and then two for each of the other ones. <laughs> okay, so just at the end of the day, I gave all my points to Strange World because, <laughs> yeah, kind of like what you were saying, Lydia. At the end of the day, that's going to be the one that I watch. Um, yeah, I'm not even doing math, but Strange World moves on to the finals against the Sandman. Lydia. Sorry, Disney Sandman gets all ten. <laughs> that is very <laughs> scary, apparently. You only said one number, that's why <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm doing this I'm doing this on my tablet as opposed to writing it like I used to do, and so I can still get used to it. I mean, it wasn't as bad last week when it was just the two of us doing trailer tech down. I could do it easier, but there like... There was also like four trailers there last was a, week, so. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. Um, yeah, I'm giving Strange World at least two points. Um, I feel like if it was going up against any of these others, I probably would give it more. But the Sandman, I'm just... I'm here for the Sandman. So I'm giving that one eight. Tabitha. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving all of my points to Sandman. Matt? Uh, I am going eight for Sandman and two for Strange World because... As much as Tabitha can't logic those creatures, they're intriguing to me. <laughs> so with a score of 36 to 4, the Sandman wins this week's trailer takedown. Wow. Nice. That sounds like a record. So. Um, all right. Let's get into some gut reaction. Oof. Gut reaction. And the first thing we're going to talk about this week. Uh, So Diablo Immortal was recently released on mobile and PC with the iOS version um, when I was making my notes was sitting at a 0.5 user score on Metacritic um, with more than 3,300 ratings. Wow. Among the reasons for the low score is because of the use of microtransactions for loot, uh, something that is very common for mobile games. Um, But while buying the extra stuff isn't particularly necessary for beating the game, The game pushes players to uh, buy things pretty frequently, and according to one Redditor, 
Uh, it currently costs around $50,000 in real money uh, to give your character a full set of maxed out legendary gems. Um, thumbs down to, Di- to you, Diablo Immortal. Thumbs down to you, Blizzard. Um, yeah, I-, I get that microtransactions are just a way of life, but like, I don't know. I, I feel like you shouldn't have to spend thousands of dollars to make your character win the game. Tabitha. $50,000 doesn't sound very micro to me. No. Thumbs down. Matt. Um, I actually saw a headline today about how much a particular Twitch user had um, put into Diablo Immortal and had not gotten a legendary item. Um, It was something along the lines of like $10,000 they had like put in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Twitch streamer spent over $10,000 without getting a five-star legendary gem. I just found the headline. Um, I'm not going to lie. I have downloaded this. I have not actually had any time to try this. I will not be spending money on it regardless. Um, But if it really pushes microtransactions that hard... That's going to be a big fat no. Um, you should be able to still enjoy the game without having to feel like you need to buy something to have any progress. So thumbs down. Lydia. First off, I want to be able to, you know, just have $10,000 to throw at a game, but <laughs> whatever. Microtransactions are so like commonplace nowadays that it doesn't surprise me. But there are so many games that have microtransactions and don't. It's not like it's the central point of the game. You can still get around and play the game and enjoy it, like Matt said, without having to spend loads and loads and loads of money on it to basically not get anything. Thumbs down. If you're going to do it, at least make it where there's a way to not have to do it. Tabitha, let's talk about Red, White, and Royal Blue. So, I don't read a lot of romance. I'm not a romance reader. I find it very annoying. However, Red, White, Royal Blue is one of probably my top 20 favorite books of all time. Um, It's written by Casey McQuiston, and the book is actually a secret romance between a fictional first son of the U.S. and a British prince, and the fictional son's mother, who is the president, is the first female president. Anyway, it's great, it's quippy, it's snarky, it's funny. It's not like super what I would call smutty. It's just very, very cute. It's a very cute, happy book. It's good when you are feeling it down. So it's been cast with Amazon Prime. We have some casting news. I don't know anything about any of these people. Um, Nicholas Galitzine, who played Prince Robert in the Camilla Cabello Cinderella, and he's going to be playing Prince Henry. And then Taylor Zakar Perez, who was in the Kissing Booth trilogy on Netflix, has been cast as Alex, who is my favorite person. Um, I did also find out that Stephen Fry and bringing it back around, Sarah Shahi, are going to be in this movie. <laughs> will The Rock be in this movie? No, but Uma Thurman will be playing the world, the, the America's First President. I mean, oh. basically the same person. <laughs> Yeah, I can see where you would get them confused. Um, (laughs) So the movie is being directed by um, Matthew Lopez, who is actually a Tony award-winning director who directed The um, the Inheritance, which I don't know if you guys have read that or seen that. 
But I am excited for this. I'm hoping that they have a way to, because most of the conversations that happen between Henry and Alex are in text message format, so they're very, like, fast to start to I hope they find a way to do that well in the film. And then, did I mention that Sarah Shahi's going to be in the trailer? <laughs> have that conversation? Okay, so I'm giving this a giant thumbs up. Um, I'm not nervous about Amazon Prime in a book adaptation after watching Eye of the World, so thumbs up. Matt. Yeah, I, Tabitha has stressed that I need to read this, and it is on my to-be-read list. Um, but, again, yes, Amazon has shown that they can take a book adaptation and do it justice. Um, and this is definitely another one of those things that is worth having. It's good to have. It's great to have. It should We should have in today's society. So, huge thumbs up for this. Lydia. I know nothing about the book or most of the people that are involved, but Tabitha's excited, so I'm excited. Thumbs up. So you guys are saying that Amazon Prime can take a book adaptation and make it right. I like how everyone, there was like a slow turn. Like first Lydia turned and then, and then Matt turned his head and looked at me and then I rang my phone. <laughs> Uh, but seriously, have I got like three, four? Uh, three. Three? Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's good. Make it up for last week. <laughs> Truly. So, yeah. Um, this book, it's... I'm familiar with this book. I I wouldn't even say it's on my to-read list. It's on my maybe-to-read list. <laughs> um, it, it's one of those books that I've, you know, kind of flirted with. Um because it's a romance novel. <laughs> <laughs> now <Not> before. <laughs> but uh but yeah, like I was I was worried that it was too cheesy, you know? Um but it has your uh your singing endorsement there Tabitha, so maybe I'll give that a go and yeah. There's lots of puns, you'll love it. Uh, clearly. All right, but yeah, <laughs> thumbs up. So this cast of medical dramedy scrubs, along with creator Bill Lawrence, reunited for a panel at the ATX. What? What? I can't get past medical dramedy. It's mean, <laughs> like cromedy. It huh? Cromedy. Oh, you called it a cromedy? No, I said dramedy. I don't. Did you? Yes. Whatever it was, it was real messed yeah. up. I still can't get past dra- medical dramedy. That's what it is. I don't like that word. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> they reunited for a panel at the ATX TV uh, festival recently. Towards the end of the panel, the cast was asked who wanted to do a reboot. They all said they want to, but Bill Lawrence is busy. Uh, Donald Faison, who uh, played Turk, said that everyone would love to, love to, but everyone is busy. So it would have to be a movie or something with less commitment than a whole new season. Uh, Lawrence did say we're going to do it because we are lucky enough that people care uh, giving this a giant thumbs up I don't know if they're serious about doing a reboot but um, this was one of my favorite TV shows and I would I would I would do a lot of illegal things to get this back <laughs> on the air so Tabitha I have literally never seen an episode of this because of the medical dramedy aspect <laughs> um, I like my medicine nice and serious like ER um, and also, Zach Braff's face makes me want to punch it. So, thumbs down. Matt. Um, I have probably seen one episode of this show. Um, and, like, the clips that I have seen, 
I did enjoy the quippy back and forth between uh, Zach Braff's character and Donald Faison. Um, but I also feel like this is one of those where that was kind of like their first big role. And they have obviously taken off and done so much bigger things since Scrubs um, that I just don't know that this is one of those things that really needs to be revisited. Um, like, I really honestly, like, Friends did not need to have any kind of reunion or continuation or anything like that. Same kind of thing. Let it live in the past. Have its time. I'm going to say thumbs down. Lydia. I haven't seen a whole lot of this show, but... When I did, it always bounced back and forth between me being bored and me just having secondhand embarrassment. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, good for the people that would want it and would be excited about it, but I really don't care or want it. So, thumb sideways, I guess. Man, y'all just broke my heart. Sorry, bitch. Into a million little pieces. Maybe you can get your medical dramedy team to put it back together. You know what? <laughs> Take away one of that shame. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Why did I say I missed you guys? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> So one concern when Disney and the MCU got the rights to the X-Men franchise was with Deadpool. Uh, Would it be a watered down version of himself by the time Deadpool 3 comes out? Uh, Not bloody likely. (laughs) Are you just like... She's really debating whether she's going to give you that satisfaction of getting another shame. I don't... When I wrote that, I was like, I hope she shames me. (laughs) Uh, according to according to the screenwriters uh, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, uh, who also penned the first two Deadpool movies, uh, Wernick said that Deadpool is going to be Deadpool, and Reese goes on to say that Disney and Marvel have been incredibly supportive uh, when it comes to pushing the envelope as well as poking fun at other Marvel franchises. Uh, also giving this a thumbs up. Um, yeah, the, the first two Deadpool movies have been perfect, and I'm glad that Disney and Marvel know that, like, Hey, let's not mess up a good thing. So, Tabitha. Yeah, I agree. Thumbs up. It's been something we've been worried about pretty much the whole time. So, it's good to know that they're not going to mess it up. Matt. Yeah, the vote of confidence is is is, is a good thing. Um, I also like that little tidbit there about um, poking fun at other Marvel franchises now that they are part of the same. <laughs> I am just waiting to see Deadpool as a Disney princess. Um, <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> Lydia. Yeah, absolutely. Like, good job for them for knowing that they should just let Deadpool be Deadpool. Thumbs up. Tabitha, let's talk about Handmaid's Tale. Um, an unburnable copy of The Handmaid's Tale was sold at Sotheby's auction for $130,000. So because that book is often banned, it was chosen by Penguin Random House to be made unburnable in a way to protest recent book bans across the United States. Uh, the book was actually wrapped in cinefoil, a white heat shield foil pages, fire-resistant ink, and held together with nickel wire and high-temperature adhesive. So, the, there was a video that got released of Margaret Atwood taking a flamethrower to the book, which was 
incredible <laughs> because Margaret Atwood is about this big <laughs> and this frail little white haired looking lady with this giant flamethrower. But it, it's look it up. It's great. Um, it's basically to raise awareness and lead to reason discussion. Um, a, all proceeds from the sale are going to be given to Pen America, which aids uh, the which is in aid of the mission to protect free speech worldwide. Um, I'm just going to read a quote from Suzanne Nossel, who shared her thoughts on the book. She is the CEO of Pen America. In the face of a determined effort to censor and silence, this unburnable book is an emblem of our collective resolve to protect books, stories, and ideas from those who fear and revile them. We are thankful to be able to deploy the proceeds of this auction to fortify this unprecedented fight for books. I'm giving this a giant thumbs up. The only thing that would have made this cooler is if it was a copy of Fahrenheit for John. <laughs> <laughs> The thumbs up. Giant thumbs up. Matt. Um, the only thing I'm not giving a thumbs up to is the sheer amount of money that this went for auction. I love the fact that it's, the proceeds are going to a good cause. There's good reason behind it. It's going to do good work. But that's a lot of money like for what is... It's... I... I it's not a a marketing ploy per se, but like it's it, it's not a a, a per, it's not a useful book, um, like that individual copy. I still think it's great that it's unburnable. All the ways that they did that, um, the video of Margaret Atwood, you know, with the flamethrower is golden. Um, Literally sparks joy, um, but uh, <laughs> poor joy. Huh? Poor joy. <laughs> so I'm gonna go thumb, thumbs up for pretty much everything here, Lydia. Yeah, say I, I agree that is a, a atrocious amount to spend on a book, but at least it's going to a good cause, and I love the idea of an unburnable book. So giant thumbs up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Insane amount of money, but it's going to a good cause. The only reason to not give this a thumbs up is just the first simple fact that it's 2022 and we still need to make unburnable copies of books. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but still, other than that, total thumbs up. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Dark Horse has announced a new original graphic novel titled, uh, titled Kepler. It's co-written by Philip Sevy with none other than David Duchovny, uh, also co-writing, and Sevy uh, providing art. So Kepler takes place on a planet by the same name where Homo sapiens become extinct, giving other hominoid species the chance to become the dominant species, but then Homo sapiens show up anyway to crash the party. Uh, Kepler is scheduled to be released in November and will retail for nineteen ninety nine. Um yeah, it's an interesting story, and David Duchovny's on board. All right, cool. Yeah, thumbs up. Tabitha. Humans crashing a fun party sounds very on brand. Um, <laughs> also, I love David Duchovny with my whole heart, so thumbs up. <laughs> Matt. The idea of David Duchovny and this plot is just, it's its like a match made in outer space. Thumbs up. <laughs> Lydia. <laughs> sounds like fun. Thumbs up. <laughs> Uh, Hasbro is teaming up with <laughs> Fanatics to relaunch the line of starting lineup figures uh, featuring oh. sto- sports stars. 
the line, which originally ran from 1988 to 2001, will release the first wave of figures on September 22nd. No word yet on who will be in the ahem starting, starting lineup. lineup. <laughs> Did you write that, or was that in the article? No, I wrote that. <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as he headed that direction, I knew where it was going. But anyway, um, <laughs> giant thumbs up. Uh, I know that this uh, this line of action figures was huge back in the day, and you know to kind of see who they. I, I'm excited to see who they come up with for, especially for this first wave. Uh, but yeah, this is going to be really cool. Thumbs up, Tabitha. This makes me feel old. <laughs> like it's like your childhood things are coming back around, and you're like, you know. You just you start feeling you start feeling creaky in your bones. <laughs> and I don't like that, so I'm giving this a thumb sideways. Matt, that creaking in your bones is just because we spent the last week moving. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I definitely had a few of these. Um, I think everybody I knew had a few of these. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm almost most excited about watching my oldest discover these because i know that he's gonna be interested and they will pop up in their room um but yeah thumbs up i think this is awesome lydia say i never had any of them because i don't really sports but i have known some people that do so yeah you (laughs) the thumbs up because yeah nostalgia again i guess but speaking of, you know, things that make you feel old, there's two things that did that to me recently. And one was the fact that Avril Lavigne's first album came out 20 years ago. And the second one was realizing that Kim Possible came out 20 years ago. So, yeah, I feel really old. I'm not going to work tomorrow. I'm retired now. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Lydia. Yeah, you're welcome. Why why you have to go and make things complicated? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Now you can't shave me the rest of the night. Oh, act like I can't go ring ring. <laughs> I had just forgotten that I actually had a projectile shame list going on there. So I had to that one. Also, I would just like you to know that majority of the shames you had, eight of them you got on the 24th of March, and eight of them you have gotten tonight. <laughs> Is there a record for how many per show? Well, there was the infinity shame. Well, yeah. So I don't yeah. Know. But yeah, that, that tracks. That tracks. <laughs> hey, you know what? You you need to get caught up too for, for the month that we were gone. You didn't give out any shames, you know? So, so yeah, yeah, I'm doing you a service. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> so we have time for one more story before Tabitha throws other things at me. Um yeah, I'm really scared. You you have a lot of options right now. There's so many projectiles. <laughs> she she just chooses Matt and she throws <laughs> him at me. Don't tempt me. <laughs> so, yeah, a- as I mentioned earlier, um, this last story I kind of kept as a surprise for you guys. It is something that we've talked about before. Um, the bat nipples are back in the news because why not? So, so I saw this article. So, costume designer Jose Fernandez spoke to MEL, which I'm not even sure, is that a magazine? Is it the website? I, I did not do my due diligence there. But, uh, he explained the whole idea behind the addition to the costume. 
So when adding the nipples to Val Kilmer's suit, <laughs> didn't think those words would come out of my mouth in that order, but okay. Um, Fernandez said, quote, it wasn't a fetish to me. It was more informed by Roman armor, like Centurions. Uh, and in the comic books, the characters always looked like they were naked with spray paint on them. Uh, it was all about anatomy, and I like to push anatomy. I don't know exactly where my head was back in the day, but that's what I remember. And so I added the nipples. I have no idea where there was going to be end up being all this buzz about it. We go like, circle back to that. I feel like, and so I added the nipples is just like <laughs> the end of a very long like, <laughs> great American novel. It's like, and so I added the nipples, fade to black. <laughs> <laughs> but like, the characters always looked like they were naked with spray paint on them. Sounds like a fetish. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it's okay. None of us are kink shaming here, no. but still. Like, That's a fetish. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. But wait, there's more. Oh, no. Yeah. More nipples? Yeah. Yeah. Is this... <laughs> I mean, yeah, go ahead. yeah. Just like everybody has two nipples, you need two nipple stories. Yeah. Um, I don't know so... I'm going to Google this. <laughs> <laughs> Google so... bat nipples and see what How happens. Google's, uh, nipples is a bat. <laughs> I mean, they probably have eight. They're... Aren't they mammals? Yeah. But, like, dogs or mammals, they have eight nips. Okay, they only have two. Okay. <laughs> Up on the chest, like humans do. I was just thinking about if, like, Batman had, like, eight nipples, where they would be on the seat. <laughs> <laughs> like, on the, in a row, like, down the abs, or just, like, I... in a cluster? Like, where would you put... <laughs> it's like that eternal question about how a horse would wear pants. Yeah, where would a Batman's nipples be if a bat had eight nipples? <laughs> How much nipple would a bat bat nipple have? <laughs> bat nipple did bat nip bat nip baffles. All right, so Tim Burton had something to say about the whole bat nip fiasco. This is the story I thought you were talking about. Yeah. So, um, as you may remember, Tim Burton was the director of Batman and Batman Returns. Uh, so, in regards to the dark tone of Burton's bat flicks, uh, he said, quote, they went the other way, that's the funny thing about it, but then I was like, wait a minute, okay, hold on a second here. You complain about me, I'm too weird, I'm too dark, and then you put nipples on the costume? Go F yourself. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's why they didn't end up, that, that's why I didn't end up doing the third film. <laughs> Go Tim Burton. <laughs> but oh. yeah. <laughs> that quote from him is just fantastic. Also, how are you going to be, just be like, it's not a fetish. You put asses on the suits too. Yeah. Well, if, if, if I'm speaking correctly here, like at first the nips weren't, you know, quite a fetish. But then by the time Batman and Robin came out, then Joel Schumacher was like, Let's just go all in on the camp, and that's when they added the the bat cheeks. Um. Yeah, if you watch pretty much any Joel Schumacher film, there's nipples. So, <laughs> so par for the course, then. Yeah, it's just it's just weird. <laughs> the thing is, you know that it's 
It's something that people question for it to still be something that gets brought up in the news. Now, how many years after the movie came out? Um, like, th- I think we're going on 30 years on Batman Returns. I'm sorry. We are just continuing to make ourselves feel old tonight. I think I have to live here now because I don't think I can get up your stairs without one of the little chair things. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. But yeah, so before we age ourselves any more than we have, uh, that's going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. Uh, We'll be back next week from Shady Pines. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just glad that Matt knows that joke now. Same. I get that reference. (laughs) Uh, in the meantime, check us out on social media. Uh, tell us what cool stuff we're li- missing out on. Any questions, comments, or concerns, then send us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. From all of us at The Geek Awakens, thanks for listening, and we hope to catch you next time. Everybody, say bye. Bye. bye.